At the West Tennessee Ag Research and Education Center, the quiet of the forest is broken by the roar of logging equipment. Hundreds of trees are being selectively removed, stacked high in piles, waiting to be transported to nearby lumber yards or pulp mills. But experts say this type of selective cutting, known as thinning, is actually good for the forest. What we've done is we've, we've taken out about 40% of the trees and left a residual stand of better trees, straighter, taller, better form, better grade, and now uh, their growth rate will accelerate and uh, it will develop into a, an even better forest in the future. We caught up with University of Tennessee Extension Forester David Merker to find out more about this research project as well as the state of forests in our state. Dave, explain how thinning is beneficial to a forest. In forestry, we consider thinning a stand of timber actually a good thing. Uh, when we establish the forest, we plant too many trees per acre. The goal is to try to force the trees up to grow tall, but in time the stocking becomes too high, too, too heavily stocked. When that happens, the growth rate of the forest shuts down. And so not only do we get less yield in terms of wood, but also it uh, exposes the trees to um, other problems, for, for instance, insects and diseases can move in because the trees will be less healthy. So by thinning the forest, we generate income, but it also shifts the growth over to fewer but better trees, improves the vigor, and in so doing also shortens the total rotation length so we can grow trees faster by maintaining proper stocking. The thinning is part of a research project that's evaluating best forestry and land management practices. So let's back up and briefly discuss the history of this project at the research center. How did it get started? Up until the mid-1980s, this land served as a dairy farm where we conducted dairy farm research, dairy cattle research, and when that operation was shut down, uh, a decision had to be made what to do with this land. And so the forester at that time suggested planting it to uh, pine, to loblolly pine trees, and so in 1988 that, that occurred, 45 acres were restored to loblolly pine. Why pine trees? So loblolly pine was chosen because it, was a, it is a species that can tolerate a wide variety of spot, uh, sites and it's good for restoring the forest. And so in time we are thinning this forest out and the natural hardwood trees are reinvading. So eventually this will become a hardwood forest but the pine are serving as a, as a temporary cover crop and uh, it restores the site, generates income for us, improves wildlife habitat uh, while it's restoring it to hardwood timber. So a hardwood forest is the ultimate goal? Yes, initially, uh, when, when this land was settled, the land cover type was hardwood timber, and so we felt it was important to restore this site to what it would have looked like at the time that it was uh, established and cleared and, and converted to pasture land. Yeah, we were discussing earlier that the land where the research forest is presently located was considered marginal farmland. Explain that concept. We essentially had over-cleared our land as we developed our nation, and so the lands that should never have been cleared have been restored back into forest land. Since the early 1900s, Tennessee has gained a significant amount of forest land. It's estimated that at the turn of, of, of that century, we had about 9 million acres of forest land in the state. We now stand at about 14 million acres of forest land, uh, which represents 52% of all the land cover that we have. That is a significant number, particularly when you consider the, the vast population explosion in that same time period. I think many people would be surprised by that statistic. It is true that globally we have lost some forest land, but in Tennessee and in the southeast region in, in general, we've gained forest land. In fact, no country in the world outproduces the southeastern 13 states in terms of timber production. 
Our land is well suited for the production of trees, the manufacture of wood products. We grow trees, we harvest them, we manufacture them into usable wood products, and then miraculously we, we grow more. Forest restoration has also had a big impact on wildlife, correct? Foresters, in partnership with wildlife biologists, have been very successful in restoring not only the forest, but the wildlife species that return as the forest returns. Many landowners are concerned about what we call the game species, deer, turkey, squirrel, and species like that. But as the forest recovers, we see non-game species move in as well, including a number of uh, vertebrates and mammals, bird species have improved, and so it benefits all of wildlife as well as society because the forest in addition serves as a, a sponge to cleanse our water and to restore the, the water tables to protect uh, soil erosion. We like to say uh, the forest benefits wood, water, wildlife and recreation. You bring up a good point that forest management and the protocols you're researching here really have an impact on everyone. All of society benefits when the forests are managed, managed well because there are certain intrinsic values that everybody owns, such as the water and the air, wildlife is part of the public domain, and so that all of society benefits when we manage the forest responsibly and sustainably. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today, and thanks to our listeners as well. For the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture, I'm Ginger Rousey.